What's going on, friends and family? Thank you so much for watching. Every day is a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. Hey, guys, another great day, another great episode. But before we get into today's interview, I just want to start off by thanking each and every one of you guys for all the support that you guys have shown. I appreciate you guys for tuning in, watching it, sharing it out, and uh, the special messages that I get sometimes from my friends and family and some of the I have met along the way. Uh, really keep me going and like I said I appreciate it I have really taken a love into actual podcasting and you guys are all making that possible it is like a whole sense of you know having something to do again meeting great people you know and getting that camaraderie that we all loved when we were serving but my next guest is a United States Marine veteran who joined when he was 18 in 2005 he went to boot camp in Paris Island after his schooling in Pensacola in Lemoore. He was stationed at Miramar, San Diego, California, to the F-18 squadron that, that ended up moving to Japan after a, a year of him being there, but he would stay and be attached to another squadron called VMF-AT-101. Just like most Marines when getting out, he was faced with all the challenges veterans have, having to adapt to civilian life. Having a family and trying to get a job, he had to relocate to Arizona for a job opportunity in which would separate him from his child and set him into a state of depression. Eventually, he would turn things around and make the best of his situation. Learning about investing started at, to work out and make visitations to his child. Now he's in a better place in his life and now helping out fellow veterans in active duty with home loans and other veteran support groups. Let's meet our next guest, Eric Browning. Hey, Brian. Thanks for the warm welcome. Appreciate that. Hey, no problem, brother. Ra, and I appreciate you coming on, man. Ra. Let's uh, learn a little bit about Eric, dude. So tell us about, you know, what made you join the Marine Corps, a uh, little bit about your Marine Corps career, what happened to you once you got out, and where you're at today. Take us down the road. Yeah. So when I was, um, uh, I guess I'm going to say it started about sixth grade, I, um, went into middle school and you know everything was happening uh like with my uh you know at, as one does at 13 14 years old 12 13 14 years old and you start paying attention to other things in life and for me it was like the girls in my class right <laughs> and so <laughs> much of my parents chagrin they would uh i wasn't paying attention you know i wasn't doing well and so they said, oh, you know, you're not doing good. We're sending you to an all boys school for seventh and eighth grade for the remainder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, the girls are distracting you very well. Yeah. We remove them. <laughs> and so uh, they sent me right. I went to this all boys Catholic school for a couple years and, you know, really focused on school because there wasn't any distractions or anything. They were like, all right, Eric, you're doing okay. Um, where do you want to go to high school? I said, well, I want to go to, you know, back to a co-ed school. I said, all right, well, we'll, we'll see how it goes this time. And I went back to school. I did okay. And mind you, I grew up around like the Baltimore, Washington, DC area. So there were some pretty smart kids there, you know, parents, they worked at like government contractors and, um, uh, you know, it was, it, there was some affluent families around there and actually ninth grade, 9-11 happened and some of the kids parents they worked at the at the pentagon and so 
we were watching on the news just like all you guys did everybody else did we were staring at the news just watching those towers fall and you know that really shaped the way i thought about america like how could somebody do that to us and um it always it kind of entered my mind that we need to do something about this right and um school went on i did okay uh Everybody else was applying to colleges, and I thought, you know, maybe I want to do something a little bit different. You know, if I would have gone straight into college right after high school, I probably would have wasted my money, probably would have been like, you know, drinking too much and all that stuff. Not saying that that didn't happen when I was in the Marines, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but to a point where I'm not going to be checked and I'm not going to have any discipline associated with it. And so I figured, you know, if I'm going to join the military, I want to join, you know, the best one. And that's the United States Marine Corps. Right? And, <laughs> <laughs> and so I joined. I, I did pretty decent on the ASVAB. I had basically anything I wanted to do. And uh, I uh, chose to go into aviation. Um, this was 2005. So if you recall, Hurricane Katrina happened that year. And it happened at the end of when I was in boot camp. And so our school was in Pensacola. It got delayed. We were just hanging around in Pensacola for about a year, just doing police calls every single day, cleaning shit up. You know, it was, it was, uh, not professional trash cleaners, Marines. That's, uh, people don't realize that, uh, <laughs> that's a good secondary job for us is, uh, trash, trash picker uppers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that base was clean, right? There was <laughs> there was nothing on the ground at that base. Hell no, yep. <laughs> Imagine. Stayed in Pensacola for A school. <clears throat> and then uh that was like basic electronic theory that we went went to go went to go learn. And then you get assigned to a, a specific aircraft. And I got F-18s, which I thought was sick. Yeah, got yeah. stationed out in Lemoore to go to C school, which is Central California, if you folks don't know. It's no fun out there. Uh, the folks that might know who that is or where that is, it, it kind of sucks. But that's where I met my daughter's mom. She was working at, I used to go get a haircut at this place every week. And then she would work as like the reception or like the, 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 the cashier for, at the haircut place. So I flirt with her. We uh, eventually started dating each other. And then it was time for me to get stationed in my permanent duty station. And that was in San Diego. So I would make the trip to see her back and forth from central California down to San Diego. And she'd come and see me. One thing led to another, she got pregnant. And, um, I think that was about five months into our relationship. So like any other Marine, you know, you, you do one of three things. You either get deeply in debt, you get married way too young, or you have a kid maybe when you're not supposed to. So. I, I got two out of the or three. all the above. Yeah, or all the above. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rite of passage. And at that time, when I found all this out, I was I was 19 years old when I found out that she was pregnant, and I was like, "What the fuck? I'm a kid. I can't have yeah. a kid. Right. You know what am I supposed to do?" So all this pressure and anxiety, and then you know, telling my parents, and then, um, you know, I I wish that somebody told me back then that it's all going to be okay. Because it turns out that it is okay. And um, 
maybe that's kind of what I'm here to do is just say, if you're at this point in your career or something bad is going or something unexpected in your life, as far as, and you're in the military, it's going to be okay. And you're going to make, you're going to find a way through it. And so folks like you, Brian, and there's a, a ton of active duty and veteran programs out there and government programs even to help you out with all facets of your life. They'll help you out so that it is going to be okay. And okay, so back to me, um, we got married thinking it was the right thing to do. And we just never really got along. You know, I was, I had all this resentment for having a kid early, you know, it was too young. This isn't how I thought my life was going to play out. And I was mad at myself and I was mad at her and, um, you know, didn't deal with it in the best way, but, you know, we ended up splitting up because we were just fighting so much and kind of went on our ways and split custody. She stayed in San Diego for a little bit. I finished, I finished the rest of my enlistment in San Diego in 2010. I stuck around San Diego for a couple of years. I worked for a um, government contractor and actually two government contractors. I had two jobs at the same time when I got out in 2010. And I did that and it was all to support my kid. That was my purpose, right? Um, 2012 rolls around and I get this opportunity from Intel, the computer chip manufacturing company. And they were recruiting people in my industry to come work on their machines so that they can make computer chips. Right. And I thought that this was like the coolest thing ever. You know, I get to go work in, in the tech sector and um, get to go experience something completely new. It was good pay, great company with great brand recognition. And I reached out to my daughter's mom and was like, Hey, all that shit that we went through, maybe it's time to reconsider it and try and work it out, you know, for the good of our daughter. And she agreed, you know, let's pack up all our stuff from San Diego, go move out to Arizona and start brand new, start fresh. Needless to say, we moved out there. It lasted a whole two days. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Damn. Two days, huh? Yeah, two days. We just weren't right for each other. And honestly, yeah. it was probably the best thing looking back on it. We we had to go through that experience to kind of put it in perspective. Right. And when you go through something that's shitty and painful, when you come out of it on the other side, you realize that you don't want to go back there again. And then you don't take the inconveniences in your life for granted anymore. Right. That's how that's what I get out of it. Um, every day is a gift and you're grateful for the things that you do have. Um, now when she did split up, it, I was like, man, I moved, I moved my whole life out here to Arizona and she's moving back to California. How am I going to make this work? And with child support, my job, it was, you know, I was just barely making it, you know, it was a good paying job and, um, you know, I still had to support my kid and travel back and forth to try and participate in her life as a father. And again, those feelings of resentment came up, depression, anger, and I got to a crossroads where I had to make a choice 
that I could go down this one path where I could continue to be angry and resentful, or I could say I could accept the things that I have and say, these are the cards that I've been dealt. And they're all because of the choices that I made, all the choices that I made. And that's why I'm here. Now I can continue to make other choices that are going to make my situation better. Not it, when you say it out loud like that and you put it into a couple of sentences, it sounds just so easy and so reasonable. But when you're in the shit thinking about your life and the decisions that you've made, it's not that easy. And you have to go through that pain and suffering, I feel, in order to really come out on the other side. And so um, instead of participating in unhealthy activities that are going to uh, make my situation worse, like drinking and, um, you know, whatever, all of the above. Um, I was like, I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to, um, I'm going to try and sweat every day. I'm going to do my best in my job and I'm going to learn how to make some more money so that I'm not struggling. And one of the ways to do that, this was okay. So we had the great financial crisis in 2008. One of the markets that really suffered was the Phoenix, Arizona area. And there was opportunities to buy real estate out there at an affordable price. It's still kind of affordable now, uh, but not as affordable as it was back then. And I had access to a VA loan. So um, I'm not just saying this because I'm a lender, but the, the VA loan helped change my life in one, one section of my life. And that was like financially. Yeah. So I used zero, my, uh, my VA loan, which is a 0% down loan don't have to come up with any money out of pocket. Well, you have to put an earnest money down. You have to help pay for closing costs, but those can be covered. And, you know, I didn't, I saved up a little bit of money and I got into a house and I fixed it up and I stayed in it for a couple of years and then I sold it. And then I made this money and I was like, Oh shit, I can just do this again. Yeah. Right. And I have a place to live. Um, I can rent out the rooms and then I can, uh, I can turn a profit once I sell it. So I continued doing that for a couple of times. Um, I'm handy. My dad taught me how to like work on, work on, um, work, like work on houses, do some renovations and stuff like that. And so I fixed some things myself. Um, <clears throat> I drove a genie lift through my front door and to scrape off these popcorn ceilings because these ceilings were 20 feet high. Oh, sheesh, yeah. <laughs> Those old school popcorn ceilings. Oh, yeah. And uh, be careful, though. Some of them have asbestos in it. No, right, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I renovated houses and um, yeah, while I was working my job at Intel. And then I realized that, look, I can – things are – comfortable now with the money that I'm making both at my job and the stuff that I'm doing on the side. Um, 2021 came out, my friend Glenn, he owns a mortgage broker down in California. And he, and I was telling him, I was like, Hey, I really enjoy this, this whole renovation thing and putting deals together and, you know, using the VA loan and Glenn, he, he served with me back in San Diego. He was like, Hey, if you're serious about, you know, helping out veterans 
he goes, 40% of my business is VA loans. And it's, you know, we, we help out veterans. We're veterans ourselves. Come visit me at this conference in Las Vegas and, you know, check it out. See if this is something you're actually interested in. So I booked the tickets, went out there, met everybody. Magic Johnson spoke at a, at the conference. And I was like, all right, man, I'm sold. What do I got to do? <laughs> so, all right, you, you need to get licensed. Um, and then I, I quit my job, my, you know, lucrative tech job at Intel. And, um, I went and I started over. And so closer to my daughter here in California, and I, now I can pursue something that I'm actually passionate about, which is, you know, helping out veterans get in, get into loans using their VA loan, um, and explaining to them that it's more powerful than you think it is. All that shit that you hear on the news about interest rates and all that stuff. It's, it's true. However, the greatest source of wealth that most people have in America is in their home. Right. And this is going back for, you know, decades now when interest rates were in the double digits back then, or, or, you know, whether they bought uh, a couple years ago when they were in the, you know, low single digits. That's where most people hold the majority of their wealth. And the younger you start, the better off you're going to be, just like I was. <clears throat> and um, that's kind of the message that I'm spreading is that like you, you, you have to take ownership of the shit that you went through and the decisions, decisions that you made. But you also have all of these tools at your disposal as both active duty and a veteran that you can use to help improve your life. Um, you just have to take the first step to go and do that. That's hundred percent correct. And you know what? It's, it's crazy this day and age though. Uh, how much more resources there are available. It's just a matter of getting them out and in front of people's faces. Like, I mean, ever since I started doing this podcasting thing, I, it's opened my eyes up to how many nonprofits are out there that are doing different things. We got nonprofits out there, um, you know, that are doing hunting, fishing, and then there's guys out there doing things with music. There's people doing stuff with the guitars. I mean, you, dude, there's just a, pretty much, there's almost a faucet for everybody that has some kind of a niche that they really enjoy. And that's kind of what's kind of cool. And that's, you know, something like, you know, some of these podcasts that we have going on out here, that's kind of one of our big missions too, is to get that out there. And that's what I love about having different guests on and with different, uh, different life experiences, different results, whatever. But the thing is, is there's something out there that each and every one of us can learn from every, from one another, even if it's the smallest little thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, like I said, there's so much more things out there for everybody and that's the biggest part about it is, like you said, man, you just got to take that initiative and go out there and do it, you know, because they're out there and they will come to you as much as they can, but they don't know about you if you're not out there saying, hello, I'm here, you know? Yeah. I wonder if there's so many of these programs now that it might be difficult for active duty and veterans to even know where to begin. Like, I wonder if there's like a central list of of uh, groups or you know communities that you can be part of that you can maybe choose from or else you're just going to have to 
stumble upon it. See, and that's something I've thought about myself. It's kind of been a thing because I haven't found a one-stop shop myself. Like say, hey, I live in the state of California. Let me kick on California. Here's all the different resources, nonprofits or things like, hey, I'm struggling with this or that or the other. Because I do know from my personal experiences that there is organizations that will help you and and like say you have like a car breakdown or you're having issues with vehicles there and, you know and your your money's t- finances are tight or whatever there's programs out there it's just that and if we don't go out there and look for them or know how to get to them a lot of these programs end up failing or can't get, do nothing because they're not able to go and help the people they want to help. So they get stuck with these, the, the money in their hand, a pot of money. And then the government says, well, no one's really needing help. So we'll just start taking away from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't yeah. spend it all or you didn't find enough people out there. But uh, it's, it, it's a, you know, I think in, at this point in time, man, it's our, our, our responsibilities as, you know, veterans, brothers, sisters, to help each other now and police our own, like we all did while we were in the military and like try to do these things. And that's why you see in a lot of these nonprofits are all guys that or girls that have served and now they want to help. And yeah. it's, it's rough too, because a lot of them are having issues with being funded or, or whatever, or, you know, they have to go out and, and ask for the funds. You know, it's not something that's just granted to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's, you know, one of the other things too, is that you kind of touched on is, is the divorce and and going through the relationships, you know, and I think a lot of the younger guys out there, and I know I was kind of a victim of this, well, not a victim, but I did this myself is get married to get off the barracks type things, you know, get out of the barracks. A lot of guys. They want to get married because they like fuck man. I'm tired of doing, I'm tired of <laughs> trying to do of yeah. You get the bah, but you're tired of doing you know the field days every Thursday and you fail on a Friday just because the company gunny's pissed off you know and everybody's like fuck, I need to get out of these barracks. So we all go out and get ourselves in these crazy relationships, and and at the end of the day they fail man, and then we're stuck with so much turmoil to live mm-hmm. with after all that. Yeah. You know, so if you're a younger person listening to this, man, hey, just bear grit the four years of living in the barracks, you know, and, and get out of there. Don't try to marry someone just to get out of the barracks because that's not going to work out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that mentality is, of course, because they're trying to improve their life. Just like you and I are. We think that I need more money. Yeah, yeah it's a money-driven thing. Yeah, how do I do that? Oh, I can get married. And of course, you're 20, 21, 22 years old. You're a fit, good-looking guy getting a 300 PFT. Of course, you're going to find somebody that'll sign on to marrying you. But then you don't necessarily really know the person. And then there's like a, you have this agreement in your head. You're like, I'm marrying you to get more money. Yeah, of course, I might love you, might not. But uh, I think that the motivation to improve your own life is is in the right place. But the way you go about it, there's other ways to do it instead of just a simple way of getting getting married so you can get BAH. And you really have to you really have to take care of yourself in a way that's 
kind of only you when you're figuring things out at that age, not necessarily bring in other people involved unless you love the woman, right? Yeah, right. But maybe start a side hustle, maybe, um, maybe uh, try and get promoted faster. Yeah. Uh, maybe try and do things that are just solely things that you can control and not necessarily bring in other people into the mix. Yeah, well, the other thing is, is, is it is a temporary high, so to speak, because, you, you know, like, all right, cool, we get married, get a little bit of some extra money, and then next thing you know, you're broke again, and now you have, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have a spouse, and a lot of these spouses that marry uh, military members don't realize what they're getting themselves into or what kind of commitment it is because in the Marine Corps, something they used to always tell us is if we wanted you to have a wife and kids, we would have issued them to you. And, you know, and, and it's kind of legit, man, because you never know at what given moment you can be deployed or yeah. act, you know, and told, Hey, here's your orders. You got to go. It's and, and you're just like, your wife's like, well, I like it here. Well, that, <laughs> <laughs> the Marine Corps said we don't, and we got to go somewhere else. So, uh, you know, that's the other thing is that uh, the spouses or the, you know, that marry into, um, you know, military members, they don't realize the commitment that they're also, you're also swearing in damn near yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why you hear those uh, Dear Jody, the Jody is at home stories because they can't hack it. And, you know, it's like, man, he's deployed. Oh my gosh, I'm alone, you know. <laughs> yeah. So even even if you don't follow any of this advice that we were just talking right. about, it's still okay. It's yeah, still okay. It's, the pain right. that you go through, touching on from the beginning, the pain that you go through is valuable. It's a gift because yeah. it gives you perspective. And that it's perspective, a learning thing. You learn. You learn. You learn. Yeah. And it'll it'll craft the way that you see the the rest of your life. And so you can always make that comparison that I don't want to go back there anymore. I went through that shit. Just like folks that have been in 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 battle and gotten shot and stuff like that, they see the world differently. Yeah. Right. And so whatever sort of pain and struggle you're going with domestically or internally, um, once you get past that, it's a gift in in my opinion. Yeah, and it, it's such, you know, the thing about it is, man, and as I've gotten older. I've started to learn that um, we're kind of like a vessel and we're kind of say we're in the open ocean, right? And the storms come on. Now, when the storms hit us, if we don't have a strong vessel, it's, it's, it's chances are we're going to have a hard time weathering it through those storms. Now, sometimes you can have damaged vessel and make it through a storm. But I, the stronger the vessel you have, obviously, the better chances you have at making through the storms. And when the storms get too hard and too rough, you don't just sink. So, you know, I think it's important that, you know, I unfortunately, I think a lot of brothers and sisters that, that uh, give in to the 22 a day, which is, you know, a number they throw out there, a lot of it has to do with the failed relationships and them not being able to handle the failure of having a bad relationship. It's not even a lot of times uh, Hollywood likes to portray everything as hey man, they're throwing through some PTSD and they're having traumatic this and that. It's not so much always just that there's the other triggers that trigger these people. And a lot of it is failure because in the military, 
we're taught to not fail. Uh, you know, each mission that we go into, if we fail that, that mission, people die, you know, the, things happen. So we're always taught, man, like we got to keep pushing forward. We can't fail. So a lot of us, we sit there and, and we don't want to take the failure and we don't want to deal with it. And so we just try to move on and try to cover it up and mask it. Like, I'm good. I'm good, bro. Are you though? You know what I mean? Are you really good, bro? Like, cause you know, on, on the backside, when something really happens, are you really good? You know what I mean? We always say we're good, but are you really good is the yeah. question. And it's because of the way I think a lot of us have been taught or trained <laughs> to kind of just deal with that, you know, and, don't be a bitch. <laughs> Don't be a bitch about it type deal. Yeah. Um, but that that stuff always, it doesn't go that far, man. And I think and we're starting to see that it's not always that healthy, you know, because if we can't have a clear mindset, I don't think that we are in a position to make good decisions. I think that when you're in a really bad mindset, that's when you're going to be making the bad choices and you're going to be going down and, and make, making a lot of regrets. 100%. You know? Because I, I, I've, I've been there, you know, 42 yeah. years old, dude. I've definitely lived my life, watched my parents go through through divorce. I've been through divorce, been through many failed girlfriends and, and dragging my kids all through it all. And a lot of it was because, man, I was never the right human being when I got into all these relationships. I wasn't, I wasn't in my right mindset, you know. Yeah. And I'm just now starting to find that right mindset all these years. You know, and thank God I found a wife that has been able to accept me and and deal with me and 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 help me through my shit. And and I've been able to help her with her shit too. So we've it's been a great thing. But you know, you can have that person in your life too that just fucking brings the absolute worst out of you. <laughs> yeah, and there's no procedure for that. You were talking about the we we don't want to fail we also had a procedure for everything you know if you're in uh in your squad or something like you you go through these drills to make sure that every possible weak point is considered and then there's a contingency plan for it i mean same with aviation too like there's a procedure on how to do everything how what happens if something goes bad here or there and in relationships, it's not necessarily like that. And luckily, our lives are filled with, you know, not only just our family, um, our finances, you know, our spirituality, and our work, um, not all those things have procedures. And so maybe these, these groups that you and I were talking about these like government programs, it's like a, a, an attempt and a blueprint to have procedures for folks like us to to follow so that we can live our lives in the most rich way possible and get the most out of it without succumbing to um you know taking our own lives yep so dude now that you've been doing the home loans and stuff like that is now that's a whole different ball game getting able to see a family be happy. I mean, that's a great moment. You know, do you get to see that end of it or are you just there getting them the home loans and stuff like that? Oh no, that's the, that's the most rewarding part of the process. Like sometimes we get folks that, 
have 20% down, great job. You know, they're, it, it's, it doesn't, when they get into a home, it's not necessarily as meaningful as somebody who struggled to save up that earnest money deposit of, you know, $5,000. Or like, I talked to some kid last night, <clears throat> he's 22 years old, and he, uh, uh, active duty Marine, and he's like, yeah, I'm flipping a car, I'm going to make $10,000 on it. Um, I'm, you know, working at my job. And when I get out, I'm going to be this manager at a warehouse. And like, like he's, he's killing it, right? For 22, yeah. I wish I had that kind of focus and yeah. that kind of vision. And like, I'm excited for him. He's just like, I want to build this house. Like, can you help me like build this house out in, like on this raw piece of land? And I'm like, yeah, man, let's do it. And it's, <laughs> I get emotionally invested in it when it's somebody who's struggling, especially veterans, right? I mean, the VA loans, like the best loan product out there zero down no mortgage insurance um <clears throat> you get like the best rates because it's a government program and uh yeah i, I think that like it can if veterans in active duty can can really use that to capitalize on what they have available and then you know make a life for themselves financially but not to not to put anything else on the back burner like you still have to work on yourself with your relationships and right and and your career of course yeah it's always uh though comforting to have security with a home you know because that's that's one of the biggest things i think anybody is you want to have a roof over your head you know yeah. and then after that you got to be able to put the lights on you know put the food in the table but square one is securing that home and in yeah. that place of security for you, you know, to say, Hey, you know, family got a home. It's, that's just a whole nother feeling as a, 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 you know, as a family is like, yeah, this is our home. Mm -hmm. That's great, man. Yeah. So you've definitely taken a liking to doing that, I guess. Huh? Yeah. It's <laughs> well, something that I'm actually passionate about. I think, uh, I, I think that even though I was, making decent money at my old job. It wasn't something I was fulfilled with doing. There was a lot of negativity there. Um, I worked at night. It was like a factory, right? So a uh, lot of, a lot of grouchy old dudes, you know, complaining about stuff and, you know, their back hurts and they, uh, they weren't necessarily the most positive folks to be around. Uh, but the trade off was that it, you know, it paid well. So, um, yeah, now I get to do something where I get to help people. There's purpose and people are accomplishing their goals as opposed to just showing up to work and punching the clock with the, There's no problem with that either. Right. But I just needed yeah. to have something that was going to be more fulfilling. So do you kind of create your own schedule or you go on a, a, like a regular old schedule? I get to create my own schedule and, that's awesome. um, that's a good thing and a bad thing. So yeah. I saw, I saw a meme. <laughs> I get saw that discipline. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a meme that said uh, people in real estate work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40 hours a week. And that's so true, you know, because <laughs> like you have to you're constantly answering questions and answering phone calls and helping people and then kind of saying like the same thing all the time, but also delivering in a way that's considerate and is easy to understand. And it's palatable because a lot of folks don't understand it. You don't expect them to, 
like, you know, I'm not expecting somebody that is a, um, you know, a union electrician to understand how the APR is calculated, right? You gotta, you gotta show people that stuff and make sure you're doing it in an ethical way. Um, we're regulated by the government. So like we have to deliver information in a way that is accurate and it can't be deceptive. So the whole 2008 crisis, it was because people were being deceptive when they were, when they were talking to, uh, to that union worker. You need a loan. You got, you need a loan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's much more regulated now. I know that folks might, you know, people are split when it comes to the government regulating things, but it's a good thing for the mortgage industry because it was out of control back then. They were charging people for shit that they didn't need to be charged for, you know, and some of that resentment probably still carries over, but still people need to get into home. So, I mean, how else are you going to do it? But yeah, when it, when it comes to veterans though, I got a soft spot because I'll tell you a story. When I was, uh, 21, um, I bought a house in San Diego using my VA loan, which again, 0% down this is 2008. And, um, I got pre-approved by, uh, I don't know. Can I say like a big bank name on here? Dude, uh, uh, Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, got, yeah. I got pre-approved by USAA, um, yep. for my VA loan. <clears throat> and they were great when I was 18 and I didn't know how, what a checking and savings account was. Right. They explained it all to me on the phone. Thank God for that. But when I come to my mortgage, I had uh, I had a little bit of cash that I saved up and they told me that I need to put it as a down payment on a on a VA loan, zero percent down loan. And then they told me that the cash that I have, I need to put it down, you know, because it'll make the offer more attractive. I didn't know shit. I didn't know any better. Yeah. And the real estate agent like told me the same thing. And so. I got the house, but then all that cash that I saved, it was just gone. It was just, it was just in the equity in the house, but I could have saved that to like, I don't know, renovate it, go, you know, in the event of an emergency, I was left without any cash. And so those kinds of practices and, and, um, uh, those ways of doing business back then, it's all regulated now. You can't do that shit anymore. You're going to have to tell people what the best opportunity is for them so that they can get like the best bang for their buck and then save the most amount of money. Yeah. I know that uh, people do have their, their reservations about regulation, but it is somewhat some kind of necessary because of how we are as human beings, man. Yeah. We, we don't know the definition of moderation ever. We yeah. always need fucking more. You know what I mean? Like, you know, nothing Never. is ever good enough, dude. Like it just like you get into a house, like fucking, you know, it's three bedrooms, two bath. Well, like after a year or two later, you're like fucking this house is too small. Like, and you were so happy to get in that son of a bitch. But then, you know, as human beings, it's just like, mm, this isn't enough. You know what I mean? Like it's just crazy. And that's why we do end up having laws, regulations and everything else because Fucking unfortunately, we got them people out there that just don't know moderation, man. Like, yeah. like I got to, I'm going to spend $250,000 to take a submarine down to go <laughs> check out of shipwreck because I just don't got enough money to blow. You know what I mean? Like, I just, bro, we're crazy. It's just like, I got to go to the next level yeah. and take a risk or, you know, just to go to that next level. 
and sometimes risks are great, but you know, uh, it's just how far do we want to take it? And it's like, how much do you want? Yeah. It's, it's like, a, it's, it's like a what's next attitude with those yeah. folks. Like, I, you know, I pray for those guys that died. Yeah, know? no, absolutely. Very no. Unfortunate yeah. I'm not trying to make light of that situation whatsoever, yeah. but it's just a, it's a, it's, it, man, they took a calculated risk. You know, I mean, you, there's no way you're going to go to those depths of the sea without no, thinking that there's a high probability something bad can go wrong, you know, down there. And there's no, that's such a far depth that no one can help you. Yeah. And then what's next? That guy already went to space. Yeah. Went down to the Mariana Trench and then went down to the Titanic. Like what's, what's next? I feel you know? like it's our culture, man. It's just like, you know, we're, we're, it, we, the part of us is just like, where can my name be put in the history books? You know, or what can I be known for? What crazy shit did I do? You know, oh, I ate the the the, the Tide Pods. You know, like, it, or just it's just crazy. Some things that we do as human beings just because either a we got it, we want to satisfy someone next to us. So a lot of people out there live for others and live for the thrill of what others reactions are um you know so there's those people out there that just constantly live for others and that's why they constantly want to do something like look at me look at me hey look what i did you know my my name's going on the guinness Bill world record for holding my breath for 50 seconds all right you know like i don't know it's just crazy there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a regular job coming home to your family and kissing your kids goodnight I yeah, mean, yeah. Like that over a lot of the stuff that you know these people are doing and i'm not saying like you know go out there and be a dad and don't live life you know that's definitely not the message i'm trying to put out there i'm just saying that we as humans we want to push the threshold we are never satisfied and and we kind of tell ourselves as a culture like don't be satisfied with what you got want more you know what i mean like okay I mean, I can, I can hear that message. And then sometimes I'm thinking, well, how much pressure do we want to keep putting on ourselves as, mm -hmm. as human beings? Cause that's what we're doing is we keep inciting more pressures. You know, think about it as a, a young man when, you know, we are always told as kids, like you got to go out there, get yourself a job, provide for your family. Uh, you know, you need to do this, this and that, or you're not, you're going to be a failure, you know, or you're not going to be a good productive human being to society you know so we just as human beings keep putting more pressures on ourselves yeah yeah a certain amount of pressure is good I yeah think so. you know we need to be productive right uh, especially with this new generation of kids you know they have so much information available to them you know oh my can, gosh way more than we ever have yeah. yeah and it's so convenient too and so I'm certain our parents said the same thing about us though, too. Yeah. You know, complaining about how easy we got it. We're just playing video games all day, but, uh, yeah, you need to have, you need to have some, uh, you need to have a purpose in life or something that's driving you, but it doesn't, you, it, there's also a point in which you can say that what I have is okay. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's hard, man, because I think that that's the thing that we do is like, you know, you, you go one way and you're, you're like, it's too much. 
And then if you're not doing this way, it's not enough. You know, uh-huh. it's just kind of finding that happy ground, man, that uh-huh. where life is, is, is where you can find that happy place. You know, it doesn't have to be in a mansion. It doesn't have to be, you know, a Mercedes Benz, you know, you can yeah. still be happy with your Honda Civic and your, your three bedroom or your two bedroom apartment. You know what I mean? It's not, it's what you as a person want to be happy. I think everybody out there is, is we, it's almost like an expectation of people like for them to make you happy. It's not, it's no one's responsibility to make you happy. The happiness comes from our inner selves. It yeah. shouldn't be everybody else's responsibility to make me happy. You know, I'm not asking Eric, like, man, you, you need to make me happy. You know what I mean? Like that's not your responsibility. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people, that's how we look at where we're in relationships with people. Like they're not making me happy. Well, maybe you're just not happy in general. You know, that's if you're feeling that way, sometimes it's you yourself. That's just not happy. Mm -hmm. You know, joining, joining a community of, uh, uh, you know, just joining a community will help reveal some of these things to you as well. You know, uh, if you, you go to something you attend every week, like one of these like veterans programs that folks that show up on your show, um, you'll start to find the things that are not making you happy. And then maybe the other people in the community can offer you advice or maybe point it out and be like, Hey man, you're acting like a dick right now. So, um, I urge folks to join a community and, and especially veterans so that you can, you can have some feedback from your peers that are outside of your friend, your family and your direct friends. So. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with you, dude. It's, um, that's one thing that's like how the military was is we hold each other accountable, but you know, there's, there's a productive way of doing holding each other accountable too. And, and, being around like-minded people and stuff like that too. It just makes things, conversations flow a little easier sometimes, you know? So like, you know, like Eric and I have been talking out here, it's a, there's a niche out there. There's a group out there for everybody. Pretty much. You just yeah. go find that community that fits you. And you're like, damn, I love these fucking guys. The next thing you know, you're, 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 you're starting to meet up with them and getting stuff like that. That's kind of how the podcasting world has become. We've, I've gotten in touch with a lot of veteran podcasts as I've been doing this. And now we, as a community, we have, you know, talk on Facebook messenger all the time. We got each other's phone numbers and we're, you know, constantly chatting with each other now, dude, that wasn't me, you know, a few months ago. Uh I've been very kind of keep to myself type, you know, I've, I've disconnected with the veteran community a while back for a, a long time. I've disconnected from family members, friends, all that. And now I'm at the level of like reconnecting and all those things. And it's, it's been, it's refreshing, man. And my wife even noticed, my wife even notices it. She's like, man, you walk around just like so much more happier and stuff. It's like, here I am, uh, kind of feeling like I have a purpose again, or, you know, just meeting uh, and, and talking to other people and then hearing other people say, man, you know, appreciate you. Let me tell my story. Let me talk. And, you know, it's great. Yeah. And you're, you're part of something, that community, you, you have a purpose. Like you mentioned, you're part of something, there's a culture. And, uh, you know, when you just, 
when you are alone and you're with your own thoughts and whether they're positive or negative, when they come up, you're only, you don't have any feedback and then you don't have any insight. And that stimulation is something that you, you need. You need that from a community. And it doesn't have to be fucking mortgages. It doesn't have to be uh, like, you know, your job or whatever. There's a guy in this mastermind that I'm in, this veteran mastermind, and he, he has a, uh, a skateboarding for veterans PTSD group. I forget. <laughs> I'll oh, send no shit. I'll, See, dude? Yeah. See? Like, there's a skateboarding group. Yeah, it's like a, it's so niche. It's like a veteran skateboarding folks with like PTSD, right? And so they like meet and they do like skateboarding and stuff. But like, you need to be part of that shit. You know, you don't have to run it. You don't have to be like blasting it out on social media, but just attend and then continuously do it because it'll give you purpose in life. It'll give you some, some positivity that you're not going to get it from work and you might not be getting it at home. Okay. But something that's going to, give you something to live for. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I can honestly say for myself, what Eric is saying is, is a hundred percent true. Um, because I was back there, you know, a few months ago, um, just living my hermit life, you know, and just kind of keep them to myself and my family. Um, but since I've been now in meeting and coming a part of a community. I mean, it's just, it's grown now. Now I'm a part of the gun room radio and I'm a radio DJ on the gun room radio show That's two awesome. times a week. And, and it's, you know, it's great because now I'm again, connecting with the community that I, I had the most in common with, you know, at one point in time. So it's kind of cool. Cause you know, man, it's the hard part when we're all in bro, we, develop all these great relationships and then we all go back because a lot of us are all from different states different towns and we're miles and miles apart man so um it's not that easy anymore but now with technology like having this where we could actually do facetimes and 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 uh see people in in front of us that's why i do a wacky wednesdays on wednesdays too is it's to bring in veterans like come on and hang out you ever want to come on eric you just come in just like we are now I could put up to 10 people in here. So it's just another place to another Avenue, another place for veterans to come chill, have that camaraderie network with one another, find out about all the different other programs that are offered out there. Um, and as we're going through it, I'll go ahead and give hero stock a big plug there. Uh, he's my buddy, Jason Steiner. He's a Marine veteran. He has a nonprofit and it's called hero stock. And what they do is, is this is going to be in Nebraska September 9th, but they have veteran artists come in and, and perform, sing and everything, and they're playing music. There's cornhole, there's drinking, there's food, and there's just uh, – there's I think he has like 30 different uh, nonprofits and different uh, veteran organizations that are coming in. It's just great, man. I mean, these type of things are opportunities for veterans to come feel that camaraderie again and then network and then it gives them all opportunity to feel a sense again like they have a, a, a sense and have something to do yeah but Perfect. i mean yeah it's i love it man and uh like i said you ever want to join us on the wacky wednesdays come on over bro like uh it's it's for everybody and yeah, it's cool. a good time and um 
it's just another place to kind of talk about what you got going on. But, you know, if anybody ever wanted a, a home loan or whatever, is there a way to go through you? I mean, is it just you support the Arizona area? How does that all go about? Oh, well, I mean, I'm licensed in a handful of states. So California, Texas, Arizona, um, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Colorado, oh, and sweet. soon to be New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. And you, I mean, if somebody wants to send me a message, I should probably put my handle. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, send it to you. It's just yeah. house guy, H-O-U-Z-G-U-Y on like Instagram or TikTok or Eric Browning. You can find me on um, Facebook. Yeah. And then I'll give you my contact information. Yeah, for sure. I'll make sure I put that in the description of the show so that way people can look you up. I mean, it's it's uh, great to have a point of contact. If someone out there li- and you live in one of those states and yep. you're looking for a home loan, Eric Brownie's your dude. Like, hit him up, man. Cool. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Eric, is there anything else that you want to share or talk about before uh, we head out? I, I think that sometimes we get our mind clouded with things that we think matter in the short term. And going back to like when I was 20 years old, I wish somebody was there to just tell me that it's going to be okay. And that the things that you're going through right now are temporary. There's a there's a, a positive solution for basically every single problem that's out there, no matter how hard it is. Um, I've had friends that have passed, um, that have taken their own lives, and I wish that I had a conversation with them to maybe help them out so that they could, you know, make a different choice. And then perhaps they would still be here with us today. And whatever that is, you know, it's with relationships, financially, you know, you're not feeling a purpose. There's a way out of it. The feeling will pass and we can work together to help you through that. All right. I appreciate that message. That's a great message. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on, Eric, and sharing your stories, sharing your experiences with us, man. Um, you never know who's out there listening and could take away something from this, uh, you know, conversation we had. Um, but I appreciate you, brother. And uh, likewise, I, I hope that we stay in contact, dude. You got my cell phone. Yep. Um, I hope we uh, remain good brothers and uh, keep in contact. And like I said, join me over on the Wacky Wednesdays, man. Okay. And, uh, let's uh, have some fun. Yeah. But uh, all right, brother. If you could all just right. hold tight, man, we make sure we got the whole recording. Yep. Once again, I appreciate you, buddy. You too. All right. Thanks, all right, friends and fam, thank you guys so much for joining Every Day is a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. This is going to cut it for another great episode. Eric Browning is a great guy. If you guys need a home loan or you just want to go check him out on social media, go give him a follow. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you have a great day. Until next time. Arr.